recorded live high atop the Ogre building in beautiful Midtown Portsmouth, Virginia. It's Phantasmo After Dark with your host, Rob Floyd, and co-host, Phyllis Floyd. Tonight's topic, Gorgo. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the old podcast. Hey, Phyllis. Hey, Rob. And uh, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite giant monster movies tonight, Gorgo, the British Godzilla movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Godzilla, Rob. It's Gorgo. It beats the hell out of Conga. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> hey, more on that in a minute. First up, got to tell you about some cool stuff coming up in the area here. If you're local in the Tidewater, Virginia area, or if you want to drive this way for some cool stuff, if you don't live too far, coming up in October. Of 2018. This is 2018, folks. October 5th at the Narrow Expanded Cinema, we're going to be showing... Monster Squad. Uh, it's going to be a cool, interactive event in the theater with some cool stuff going on. I'm going to be hosting it, and you get to see Monster Squad in an old, historic theater. It'll be awesome. The very next day is the one-day event we host every year called Monster Fest in Chesapeake, the Chesapeake Central Library. It's like a one-day mini-con with horror hosts there, Dr. Mad Blood, Mr. Lobo, Dr. Sarcophagi, among others, and over 60 vendor tables, and there'll be panels and stuff going on, and... The most important part of it is that it's free. So come on down for that. That night at the Narrow, they're showing The Shining, the original Shining. So that'll be kind of cool. The very next week on the 12th, Friday the 12th, they're showing The Exorcist. And on the 13th at the Narrow, live horror-themed burlesque show. Yes, an old-time burlesque show. Burlesque Sideshow Spooktacular. And it's going to be all themed around sideshow and freak show stuff. And it's going to be girls and burlesque. It's going to be awesome. you got to come check out that out. There'll be an event on Facebook, I think. An event page where you can order tickets online or get them at the door. Now, the next week at the Narrow, there will be a couple of late shows I'll be hosting. On the 19th at 11, it'll be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. And on the 20th at a late show, about 11, 11.30, something like that, will be The Howling so, check the Phantasmo After Dark page or the Phantasmo Cult Cinema Explosion page or just follow me on Facebook. I po I'll be posting about it a lot. Check the Narrow Expanded Cinema's uh, website and their Facebook page for the schedule and come out and see some cool stuff. You know, may not have got a chance to see in the big screen before. So, that's going to be awesome. October is going to be really busy. It's going to be full. Indeed. <laughs> but it's going to be cool. Tonight, though, we're talking about Gorgo. What'd you think of Gorgo, Phyllis? <laughs> enjoy Gorgo. It's fun. All right. Good night, everybody. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> now, this, uh, you know, this is one that I, I go back to and, and take a look at every couple of years. And I've always liked the design of the creature. Of course, it's the basic Godzilla stand-up monster design. Right. But it doesn't look a thing like Godzilla. The no. The design elements of it are really kind of cool. It's almost got like a shell on its back, not like yeah. a turtle shell. No, but it's definitely... Yeah, and the head shape is a little wider and different, and mm -hmm. the, I love the winged ears that come off the side. That's probably the most prominent feature. And the hands are kind of different because instead of going straight from the body and the hands like pointing towards each other in most rubber suits, these mm -hmm. hands are pointing down Yeah, most of the time. So like you know, almost like a crawling type motion, which is kind of different. But other than that, now, the design of the creature is awesome. And like I said, it really stands out. It's unique. Mm -hmm. And it's instantly recognizable when you see that image anywhere. You can say it's a Godzilla ripoff, but Godzilla itself was a ripoff of uh, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Or inspired by the Beast from 20,000 <laughs> Fathoms, rather. And that's a whole other 
story. You can Google, different conversation. Google that. Uh, <laughs> but this one, the story is a little different than most giant monster movies, too. And that it doesn't take place in Japan. Right. Or the United States. Um, nope. This takes place in, it starts off in Dublin, Dublin, <laughs> and then ends up in uh, Great Britain. And basically, these guys who are scavengers, uh, treasure hunters on a ship end up with a volcano, erupts on an island, and causes a bad waves and a storm and damages their boat and they're off the coast of of dublin right so they end up having to kind of go ashore and they want to or actually nara right nara, nara? nara island nara i think island, is yeah. what it's called over over near dublin there dublin dublin and uh it's just fun to say and <laughs> yeah so they end up going ashore and they want to i guess get permission to stay and to get fix their, their ship. boat and stuff. yeah yeah and they run in some trouble with the locals and you get to hear some authentic uh real gaelic Spoken quite a bit with no subtitles, <laughs> so you don't know what they're saying. You just wonder. Yeah, so that, it's kind of, that's kind of a little neat thing there. Throughout the course, they do a little treasure hunting there, and they run afoul of some of the locals. And one night, actually, I'm sorry, let me back up a little bit. While the guy's diving underwater doing some treasure hunting, one of the guys sees a, the sleeping Gorgo, the sleeping monster underwater, and doesn't really freak out about it, but is hey, he's I, definitely intrigued. Yeah, he's intrigued. The next night, or what have you, they, uh, they're on the island, and the Gorgo comes ashore. Right. Wreaks a little havoc on the island, and these course, guys- they're just, not calling it Gorgo yet. Yeah, it's it doesn't, just a yeah, giant it's just monster. the sea monster or whatever. Mm-hmm. The two guys from our salvage vessel decide, hey, if we could capture that thing and take it back to put it on display in England, we could make a ton of money. So that's what they proceed to do. And through a series of almost mishaps with this diving bell- they get him in metal nets, and they get him on the ship, tie him down, drug him, and take him off to Great Britain. One of the coolest scenes in the movie, for me, though, is after they've got him here, they unload him off the boat, and they put him on the back of this flatbed truck. Right. And they're driving him to the circus uh, or carnival lot or whatever through the middle of Great Britain. Yes. Through Piccadilly Square. Now, they did this on a, early on a Sunday morning. That's why there's not a lot of, you don't see people in the streets, really. Oh, okay. The overdub of the reporter talking explains that. It says that people were asked to stay in, indoors and off the streets so this procession could go through unhampered. But it's awesome looking because this is a full-size prop right. that they built. I mean, there's no CGI. This movie came out in 61. CGI was not even thought of as a word you know, or an idea, really. And so there's this life-size Gorgo prop with a tarp over the midsection, which maybe it wasn't just a midsection you know, under that. Maybe it was a skeletal structure, and they just had a, the hands and the head sticking out from the Maybe. You know, and the tail off the other end. Right. But regardless, it's this life-size Gorgo on the back of this flatbed truck rolling down the street. Yeah, covering in a tarp with Gorgo. With written Gorgo on written on the side, yeah. How awesome would that have been to see if you were watching them film this, you know? Yeah, that would have been cool. I want to know where that is. Where is it now? Yeah. Even if it was just the head and the hands, where are they? <laughs> you know? Yes. I just I, I can just picture it somewhere in some warehouse or somebody's private collection, this thing with this tarp over it just laying there. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to have that. Well, so and they determined that um that Gorgo, well, they named it Gorgo because of the uh, Gorgon, right? Yeah, the, the legend of the Gorgons. Yeah. Right. So Gorgo was, did they say... 40-some or 60-some feet tall? I can't remember. Something like that, yeah. I want to say 30? No, it was 40-something or 60-something. I can't remember. It was well under 100. I can't remember exactly. Anyhow. It's a little thunder outside the lounge tonight. I don't know if that's coming across (laughs) on the podcast. I don't know if uh, you can hear it. Sounds like a storm's a-brewing. That's pretty ominous for the 
Maybe it's Gorgo walking. Maybe that's not that. Anyway, that's go ahead. That's what it is. <laughs> Beware. So as you were saying. There's Gorgo. So they've uh, they've sold him to the circus. Dorkin's Circus. Dorkin's Circus. Could what a name. With, yeah, they could yeah. come up with a better name than Dorkin's. <laughs> and they're I'm gonna, going to Dorkin's Circus. They've they've created the special place where they're going to they're going to store him. Yeah, this is a big pit. Yes. That's with a little bit of water in it on the side. A little bit of water for him to have some water to be in because he's supposed to be hydrated, you know. And these big iron spikes pointing towards the pit right. with electric uh, electric fence the electric along fence. the top. And then not far off of that is where the fence behind the fence the spectators can stand. So doesn't look too safe to me. <laughs> no, it looks like a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. And it is. It is. But then our two heroes, well, not heroes, they're really just greedy, opportunistic uh, yeah, no kidding. guys. They get a call from this professor they consulted with who says, uh, you know, I just discovered something. I got some news. Come over here quick. So they go over to his place, and he shows them this book or drawing or whatever, this little baby dinosaur. And he says, they're doing research to come find out this thing is not fully grown yet. Yeah, he's really just an infant. Yeah. And where there's an infant, there's usually a parent or two around. And they ask, well, how much bigger would the parent be? And the this camera backs up and shows you the comparative drawing side by side. And he's like, whatever, 100 feet tall. is No, it was Gorgo. over 200 and something. Oh, over 200 feet tall, yeah. yeah. So substantially bigger than uh, 40 to 60 feet. Yes, yes, way bigger. And then just about that time, over on that island, yes. Mama Gorgo wakes up. Mama Gorgo. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I. Hey, that's what I'm calling. Her. Mama <laughs> Gorgo wakes up and wreaks havoc on the Nara Island, destroying just about everything, and comes after her baby. Indeed. They say something in it. Well, how's she gonna? How's she know which way to go? And the only thing they can figure out is the professor told them to keep pouring water over the Gorgo on the ship to keep so it stay alive and stay yeah, hydrated. Yeah. So there was a constant stream of water being water poured over Gorgo on the ship and running off the ship into the ocean. Yeah. So his scent. It's or whatever like leaving in the water. a trace. Yeah, in the leaving water. a trail. So. Mama's following that all the way back to Britain, and she destroys a ship or two along the way, finally makes landfall, and is huge, and walks away from the coast through Piccadilly Circus Carnival. To the circus. Yeah. And, you know, the effect shots, uh, the suit looks pretty good. It looks really good, actually. Yeah. Even with Baby Gorgo, but when Mama comes in, but the miniatures that they used, because you know, this was all suit suitmation stuff. Suitmation. Yeah. I like this. Is that a real term? Uh, yes, I've read that before. Yeah. <laughs> I've never it's a guy it. in this monster suit yeah. the stuff. You know, I didn't realize that was the term. Uh, it's it's really fantastic. It's really good. The because all the miniatures are incredibly detailed and weathered looking. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of in a lot of the stuff in the Toho stuff, they built these miniatures and they look like brand new models. Yeah, you know, they don't like buildings that have been there and lived in for a while. These do. Right. The Tower Bridge, Big Ben, all the other buildings that Gorgo walks by. Uh, Mama Gorgo walks by and wa- or just walks and through demolishes. and destroys. Yeah, when they and where they're getting destroyed, they look great. They filmed it at a higher speed. They cranked the film at a higher speed, so things move a little slower. Mm-hmm. Now it's not slow motion, but when the buildings crumble and fall, they don't just like hit and drop. They fall. It's not noticeable, really, as mm-hmm. they're falling slower, but it makes them look like they have more weight to them. Mm-hmm. Where they're just kind of she's destroying them, they just kind of slide and and then fall. Yeah. You know, so it gives more of a realistic feel to mm-hmm. it. And also, you know there's a guy in the suit. You know, you know there's something really there. Yeah. And with the guy in the suit, 
you know, it has kind of a human quality to the monster, the way it moves. You know, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. So it makes a little, it for me, it makes it a little more believable than a CGI cartoon monster. Yeah. No matter how smooth it looks, it just will not be able to mimic that movement a guy in a suit will do, you know? Yeah. The interesting thing about this movie, one of the main things is the ending is the monster doesn't die. The monster doesn't get killed at the end. Mama Gorgo comes and re- releases the baby from the pit. And the baby follows Mama Gorgo back to the sea, and they just swim off back to the island. You know, she just wanted to get her baby. That's all. And those villains were in the way. She didn't come to destroy anything. Nope. She just wanted the kid. Yeah, you know. So we were listening to one of the documentaries afterwards, and do you remember what they said about why? Which part are you talking about? Why Why the the creature lived? Why Mama Gorgo oh, and well, Baby one Gorgo of them, lived? One of the reasons is, uh, was it the producer or the writer? I think it was the writer's the daughter. Writer, when they went, he took his daughter to see 20, Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Yeah. I guess it was, the, I don't know, it was the same writer? I think so. Anyway, and uh, on the way back from the theater, she was, I don't know, she was crying or she said, Ted told her dad that he was bad. Yeah. She's like, why? She said, because you killed the nice monster. Yeah. Dad, you killed the nice monster. He said, well, maybe I'll write one, uh, write another movie sometime for you and I won't kill the monster. Right. So that's where this came yeah. from. The original screenplayer story for Gorgo didn't have any military intervention in it at all. The writer didn't want the military to fire guns because he was on the belief that anything getting hit by that many bullets or tank things are going is any damage. beast is going to die. Right. And also, he just didn't want that in the story. So he you know, thought it was too typical. Yeah. You know, Gorgo was just going to come through the city and people were going to be more of a human story mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's going to get, she was going to get the baby and go. But the studio wanted flash and bang and guns and military so they put that in now the cool part is the writer when he obtained his personal copy of the film Mm -hmm. he edited out all the stock footage of the military oh really Mm -hmm. because there there is a lot of stock footage they used in it well there were some some scenes where they used it over again yeah scenes were duplicated so which it doesn't really take you out of it too no no it doesn't but uh i would love to see his personal copy that would be kind of cool that would be cool another thing too one of the documentary things the guy talks about how it's a, it's really, it's a kids movie, mm-hmm. you know. And all big monster movies like that are kids movies, and this is a kids movie, but it's, it's made well enough that it's taken, you know, a serious adult movie too. Mm-hmm. Where and what I mean by kids movie, it's not childish. It's just action adventure movie made for kids to watch on a Saturday afternoon. Now the whole theme of it though, is like a kids fantasy or story, whereas. Bad people come and kidnap you and take you away from your parents. <laughs> and your mom comes to get you and bring you home. <laughs> yeah, true. Because you know mama's going to come get you. Right. And that's the story. Yeah. That's the story. And in, boom, in a nutshell, that's it. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty cool you think about it like that. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I like it. There's not really, you know, we could go on and on regurgitating everything we saw and read in the on the documentary and the... And the facts and stuff that I looked up, but we're going to keep this one kind of short, I think, because yeah. it's really just a fun little movie. And to go into every little detail of it, I think, would take a lot of that away from it. Yeah. Well, one thing, though, I wanted to mention was the, um, at the beginning, remember I said it felt like we were getting ready to start a Harryhausen film. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good point. Definitely a good point to bring that up. It, it does. It didn't feel like that later. No. But, but in the beginning. The first... 20 minutes or so, yeah. it feels like a Harryhausen picture. Yeah, some with of the color, the lighting, the music. The mu- oh, the score is beautiful. Yeah. Big orchestral score, beautiful, yeah. beautiful score. 
And uh, yeah, and the lighting and the way it's shot and the and the models, the mm-hmm. ship models and all, it definitely looks like yeah, Harry has in film. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it it does. I mean, you do hear that feel and the epic style of the letters and the font they use on the letters on the screen. It feels like this big epic's getting ready to happen. Yeah, but the music at the beginning is real soft and kind of quiet. Though. Yeah. Yeah, so you're like, hmm, what's going on here? What's going to happen? Yeah. No, uh, I, I there's liked no it foreshadowing at all. No, it wasn't. That. It was really good. I liked it yeah. a lot. I mean, it, it didn't take away from it when it didn't feel like Harryhausen either. I still no, enjoyed it, just, it just as much. It just keeps but it on just going. Really and, did feel and it like shifts it. focus kind of like that, but you don't really notice it. Yeah. You know? You know, one thing too that they brought up in the beginning and then they just kind of dropped or they didn't bring it up. They just mentioned it when they're in the uh, rowboats before they go ashore. Yeah. Uh, right after the tidal wave or whatever it was yeah those crazy fish that were dead oh yeah with the feet or whatever yeah with the legs and yeah stuff. i wonder why they even brought that up i guess it's just to see there's some kind of there's different other, there's weird stuff yeah there's down weird there. different life yeah. under there that could be yeah i was wondering that too because they didn't say anything about yeah there's no mutations. other yeah no other mention and that's right atomic mutation it wasn't anything about that yeah and the whole rest of the film, they keep referring to Gorgo and his mom as, uh, you know, we assume that Gorgo was male. I have no idea. Doesn't matter. As, uh, as a throwback to... Yeah, they, they're speculating that it could have been released from a deep sea cavern. Yeah. And things like that. Yeah, they make it sound like he's prehistoric. They don't even yeah. speculate that it could be some type of mutation or yeah. something. So, you know, other, other cool stuff that real quick about this is that... Uh, when it came out, and since then, merchandising. Mm. Okay, I'm a sucker for merchandising on movies and and models and toys from stuff. There's not that much for Gorgo, and I guess rightly so because it's just one movie. Mm-hmm. It was successful enough, but it would never reach the heights of success of King Kong or Godzilla. Right. There's only been a few things out, a few resin model kits. There's a maybe one or two styrene kits out there. Later on. Like years after, and this is all years after. This is recent merchandising. I'm talking about like in the 90s and 2000s with these resin kits and stuff. And then there were some plastic vinyl figures, like kind of like the Bandai figures from Japan. There was two, two, two or three different ones over the years. Uh, very hard to find, very expensive. But oh, I, I take that back there. Back in the 60s, the Palmer Plastics monster mm. figures. In the set of the Palmer figures, there was a Gorgo. And you try to get one of those right now. I mean, I, luckily, I found one recently at the last Monster Bash in a set, and I was thrilled. I, it, was a, it was a great price on it. I couldn't touch it on eBay for that price, uh, mm-hmm. and thanks to the dealer I got it from. But other than that, other than those couple resin kits and those little figures, the only other thing they really did, which was really unusual back in the 60s, was a Gorgo comic book. Mm, right. And it wasn't just a one-shot. Of the movie. It was a continuing series that went on for, I don't know, 15 issues, 20 issues, maybe more. Have you read all of them? I haven't read all of them, but I do have that somebody gave me for Christmas a couple <laughs> years ago, a collected hardcover coffee table book of all those issues. And I've read, I've started reading some of it, but I haven't read it all the way through. It's beautiful because it's all Steve Ditko art, by the way. And But it's amazing that that and they did a conga series, too. Which was the British kind of King Kong movie, which isn't really not that good. Maybe we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> it's not that great, but it is kind of fun in its own way. But an ongoing comic book series of this one movie, you know, and all the other giant monster movies that have come out around, you know, then, after, before, didn't get that kind of treatment, you know? Yeah. It must uh, have struck a chord with somebody. Yeah, it's really, it's 
really weird. You know, the continuing adventures of Mama Gorgo and Baby Gorgo. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you want to see this movie yourself, there's a DVD available, which I would not recommend. I can't remember who put it out, but the quality is horrible. It's pretty much just ripped from the VHS. Mm, It's it's The color's bad. It's grainy. It's not that good. But the Blu-ray that came out not long ago, uh, VCI Entertainment, I think, put out a restored Blu-ray, is beautiful. Mm. The colors are crisp. The restoration, if you look at pictures, you can go online and see side-by-side comparisons. It's like night and day. Yeah, it's crisp. The sound is is great. And there's a new documentary on the end of it that wasn't on the DVD. And a little section on the merchandising, poster and still gallery, the press book. There's even, I think, the first issue of the Gorgo comic is on there. (laughs) So you can check that out. Highly recommend getting that Blu-ray if you want to see this. And it should still be available on Amazon. Was it very pricey? I don't remember. I don't think so because I, I bought it. Yeah, you don't and, usually spend a bunch cheap. on them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try. I try not to spend over twenty bucks on a DVD if I can help it. Yeah. Consequently, I miss out on some really nice, uh, you know, Hammer stuff and like the Steelbook stuff. But once in a while, I'll splurge on something. But you know, I like to get a bargain, like yeah. everybody else. Indeed. But the Gorgo DVD is worth it if you if you want to see it. That's the way to see it is on the Blu-ray. Cool. I can't think of a whole lot else to say about yeah. this one. I mean, this is going to be this is a real short episode. You didn't say anything about any of the actors or the directors. I mean, is um, there anybody? Well, most they were all except for the one guy on the one of the salvage guys. Mm-hmm. The whole rest of the cast were, were British actors, and mm-hmm. nobody. There was no Peter Cushing's Christopher Lee's in there. Let's put it that way. Well, yeah, they're all British TV actors. Some film actors, like one of the guys, the uh, Mister Dorkins or whatever Dorkins Circus. That guy. He played a gangster in uh, maybe Goldfinger, I think. Mm. You know, it's, uh, they had little parts like that. And one of the other guys was in You Only Live Twice or something. Some of them did TV. There was even some British actors in there who were uncredited. Maybe had a line or two or didn't have a line. There's one of the army captains or army guys you see a close-up of. And he was like the the butler or the house guy in uh, Vampire Lovers. <laughs> And, you know, there, there were people like that, but there's nobody really of note mm-hmm. to really talk about. I gotcha. So I don't think we're really going to play the Planet of the Apes games with this one. Because <laughs> there's, I mean, you know, I, don't, I couldn't tell you the names of any of the guys in there. Yeah. I could look it up and tell you, but there's nobody like, you know, some of the other ones is like, oh, you know, hey, Dave Prowse was the monster in this one, or yeah. Peter Cushion was in this one, or Michael Ripper, you know. Well, I am sure that you could somehow relate this to Planet of the Apes, but oh, we'll skip it. Oh, I could. It. But, you know, there's, like I said, there's we we could play the game with, with this, but... Yeah, you know, there's nobody fun of note in it to start with, really. Yeah. And this is kind of a quickie because we're uh, actually pressed for time. Yes. In the lounge tonight. Got some real life things that we're we're having to do. And uh, so the next episode will be definitely be a little bit longer. Maybe we'll try to get a special guest host. That would be good. And uh, get back and go over some one of the classics, maybe, or something. Cool. Start gearing up for Halloween. It will be fastly approaching here. Yes, 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 yes. So, you know, hey, check out the Phantasmo After Dark Facebook page. Of course, I'll be putting as many pictures as I can find, behind the scenes and stuff, whatever, pictures from the movie, all the merchandising on in an album on the page, and uh, I'll throw the trailer up there, too. You know? Yeah. You have a picture of the plaque you did? You should put that up there, oh, too. Oh, yeah. I forgot <laughs> you did about a really that. good yeah, Gorgo plaque. The, the Woodburn plaque I did of Gorgo. Yeah, I'll put a picture of that up there, too. I believe Mr. Adams owns that now. Drum up some business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for tonight, folks. And join us again in the lounge for the next episode. Thanks for listening. Good night, everybody.
Good night.